Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. The Vine is an insightful look into the world of plant medicine, exploring the changing landscape around cannabis and psychedelics, and ending the stigma through educational discussions. Today, we welcome Greg Jeldon, our dear friend and cannabis industry leader with over 15 years of experience as an established cultivator, processor, manufacturer, distributor, publisher, and events producer. Greg is the managing partner of Cannon Management Group, along with our friend Jason Zoller. We met these amazing humans when launching our cannabis lifestyle publications, and we knew that they had some of the best knowledge in the industry. Greg successfully grew his first cannabis company from a small garage operation into a large-scale 10,000-square-foot commercial indoor cultivation with six-acre light-assisted greenhouse cultivation and delivery service and a dispensary. And Cannon Management Group is currently partnered in an indoor 30,000-square-foot, 700-light, premier-licensed manufacturing cultivation distributing facility in California, which houses one of the few solventless manufacturing facilities in the state. They specialize in hash rosin, which includes the production of high-quality cartridges and concentrates, and fused pre-rolls and various other cannabis products. And if that's not enough, his company even recently partnered with the Cannabis Passport, the world's first rolling paper magazine, launching this summer. Uh, so in addition to all of this, Cannabis Management Group has founded the largest cannabis staffing agency in California called At work cannabis, and they provide the payroll services, temp staffing, direct hire, and background screening, and more. We are so welcome to welcome Greg Jeldon to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm excited to be here. Yes, Greg, welcome. Uh, We always like to start off by hearing how our guests got started in the cannabis market, and just wondering if you can tell us about Can Management Group and your story in the industry. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. I, I, I mean, I, I got started by smoking cannabis as a teenager um, and it really just, I fell in love with the plant and, and the community and the people associated with, with cannabis. And, um, you know, it was right around the time that, that medical legalization happened here in California. So it opened up some doors to legally be able to participate in the industry. And, and so, you know, I've been growing and cultivating since then. And, and uh, in 2007, I actually got really sick changed my life. And, and I really went full into cannabis uh, at that point. And it was for health and wellness purposes for myself, but it was also to, to share with the world those health and wellness purposes and, and how that could, I could explore that. And if I could make money on the side, that'd be great. So. Well, you guys do a lot at Cannabis Management Group, and we're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, we also want to talk about, you know, with Elizabeth and I being on the East Coast, we always find it fascinating, um, you know, with just the differences that we see with just some of the way that the cannabis industry has unfolded from the West Coast to the East Coast, centered around everything from the culture to the way the business is done. So just wanted to get your perspective, you know, as uh, one of our favorite folks on the West Coast, you know, how are things going in California in terms of your, your cannabis market, and how do you feel Feel that things are going on the East Coast as well. Yeah, well, that's a great question. I, you know, I think cannabis in California has, has been around for a really long time. Uh, the market is constantly evolving. Um, it, we are uh, we're seeing some some major trends happening in California uh, with people taking away from concentrates that are made with hydrocarbons and going to solventless concentrates. Um, I, we're starting to see you know uh, major brands really build and, and come into their own and, and really start to. Um, create these, this presence and this territory that is, is similar to major brands here in America. And so you're starting to see the, the, the business evolve. Um, 
we're seeing many multi-state operators from the East Coast coming into California right now. So to tie in kind of what's happening, it's starting to really become one major market rather than these individual markets because you have so many multi-state operators coming in um, and, and they're really filling that gap and, and their brands are, you know, in, in five or 10 different states. And so it's, it's now becoming a lot more similar to, uh, you know, Coca-Cola or something of that nature. We're not there yet, but it's getting there. And, and, and so uh, there's always been this, you know, symbiotic relationship between the West Coast and East Coast when it comes to cannabis. And you're really starting to see it go both ways. You know, there's East Coast influence happening in California and obviously West Coast influence with cannabis has happened all over the world. So I think that's it's so interesting because uh, and I don't want to take too much time on it, but you are so knowledgeable about uh, what's going on with the MSOs and then the smaller operators and and how is that going to look down the road? Um, I mean, to me, it's already so prevalent. It's just that's the way it's going to be. But do you think there's room for these smaller operators to be, you know, curated sort of like the craft beer? Uh, It's good you mentioned that. I think there's a lot of similarities between alcohol and cannabis. And I think as the cannabis market matures, you're going to see that. Yes, there's major national brands that will have a presence that everybody will know about. You'll see advertisements and those types of things. But uh, just like alcohol, just like local wineries and things like that, I think there's going to be a local presence. I think there's definitely an opportunity for small local brands to come in and really take over a regional aspect. And and once they do that, they'll have the opportunity to decide, do they want to take it to the next level or do they want to stay regional? Um, and sometimes it's it's better to stay regional. So, uh, But I definitely think that the, the for now the cannabis industry is 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 still available to everybody. I love hearing that. So you are the master of one of the greatest cannabis events I have ever attended. So for our listeners, it was at the Bing Crosby estate. Um, The food, I don't know how many courses the meal was. There was a band. There was a dab bar. It was absolutely incredible. And so what's going to happen? Where are events going? Are we going back to it? We have many events planned for this year. You do. Um, we just attended a cannabis event in at the end of May called WeedCon. Uh, it was put on expertly. A company that we sit on the board of Immersia did all of the uh, COVID testing for anybody that hadn't gotten their vaccine yet. So once inside the event, there was no social distancing required. There was no, everybody was able, I was hugging everybody. I mean, it just felt so normal, so wonderful. Uh, I am so excited for events to come back. I, I can't express that enough. Um, we have several different events planned uh, coming up this year, cannabis supper club events um, that we're going to be doing multi-course uh, paired dining experiences. Um, we have um, events that are associated with All Flowers and MJ BizCon and all of the different events that are coming up. You know, we will be attending all of them. I can't wait to see everybody in person and, and really just get back to some level of normalcy. So I, I'm so excited for that. So you're, you're, you're saying that we're going back to normal. Yeah, so I, I sit on the board with Rich Best, the president of Live Nation, and uh, we are definitely going back to normal, according to them, as the largest event uh, producer in the world. Excellent. That's exactly yeah. what I want to hear, because, you know, the Palm, yes. Streams, uh, Palm Springs trip that you're speaking of where we went to this event, I mean, that was pretty much the last big event that I went to prior to COVID. I mean, it was literally right before that. So 
It has been a long pause, you know, this past year, but it's exciting to know that things are coming back for sure. Yeah. I'm super excited for events. I, uh, I can't wait to see you guys in person too. So that's right. That's right. (laughs) So, um, so who is making money in the cannabis industry right now? And, and what are some of the top brands in the market? Because, um, everybody always says that, um, you know, everybody's getting rich. And I know on the East coast that uh, there are people now finally making some money, but, but there are those that are still, you know, just trying to break even. Um, what are yeah, your thoughts? I, about? That? I think there are people making money in the industry. I think it depends on your, your plan and, and business growth. Right. And I think that there are businesses that are starting to draw capital from the, the revenue that they're generating. And there are businesses that are just expansion oriented and they're investing every dollar they put back in. And so it's easy to say they're not making money because, you know, the executives aren't drawing paychecks, but, you know, they have 200 employees that are being paid. They've got business, they've got licenses, they've got buildings, they've got, you know, lights turned on, they've got equipment. So they're making money. It's just in any type of new industry, in any new business, you really need to establish yourself. And if your goal is to be a multi-state operator nationally, Today, it's a very difficult network to try to figure out because you're either having to open up 50 different manufacturing, distribution, retailing operations in each state, or you're having to rely and, and, and collaborate and, and operate with other people's licenses. And so it, it's a very difficult landscape. And then you throw in the, the 280E tax situation where you know, a company can bring in $100 million in revenue and still lose money. And so it's, it's, it's a very unique landscape. But there are a lot of people making a lot of money. There's a lot of cannabis millionaires out there. Um, but, you know, the tax man hasn't caught up with everybody. And it's, so the, it's a unique situation. And, uh, but I think it's a, it's a really great time still to get into the industry. I think there's still a lot of opportunity. There's still many states that haven't opened up. There's, there's still the next wave, in my opinion, when federal legalization happens. Um, there, there's a lot of opportunity in, in these markets still. So um, I would say if you're thinking of getting into the industry, do it now. Yeah, both Pennsylvania and Maryland, we're still sitting over here waiting for our states to get on the right side of history. So hopefully we'll be able to be a part of that adult use legal market sometime really soon. And I do agree that once federal legalization happens, we're going to see a lot of different ancillary companies around cannabis open up as well. I think a lot of people think that cannabis is just, you know, those that, you know, grow and you know, manufacture, but we've been talking about events. We've been talking about all these various other things that are kind of tied to all of the aspects around this industry. But one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you on to our show, Greg, is we really feel that the way you can explain things um, about the cannabis extraction process and the way that things work is you simplify it in a way that I feel like our listeners would really want to hear from, from someone that can just put it plain and simple. We have heard so much about the way that the solventless extraction is going to be the way that, that companies should be focused on, the way that they should man- manufacture in the future. What makes this such a, 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 a premier, better way to manufacture cannabis? And what's wrong with these solvents that are getting put in? And can you tell us a little bit more about why that's, that matters to a cannabis consumer? Yes, definitely. It's a great question. I am. Uh... So to, to go back to the beginning, the solventless extraction process is different from a hydrocarbon uh, extraction process or other extraction process because it only uses ice water, so 
water, heat, and pressure. And that's it. And it's the most natural way of, of being able to preserve all the terpenes and extract all of the cannabinoids out of the plant. And, and so essentially it's, it's a very simple process, you know, uh, essentially cannabinoids are frozen by using ice and in a, a freezer, they freeze those cannabinoids, they wash them in water. And because they're frozen, they fall off the plant and they, they float into the water. And we use sieve bags, which are different micron sizes, essentially capturing the different sizes of the trichomes or the cannabinoids that are in the plant. And those different sizes all have different terpene profiles. They all have different THC and cannabinoid amounts. And so you're essentially capturing them within a bag. So you're pouring that water that has all of the cannabinoid liquid inside of it. it smells amazing. You want to like take a big gulp of it. Sometimes it's purple. And, uh, and then you're pouring it through these, these sieves and, and you're essentially capturing the different trichome uh, heads and, and you're removing everything else that you don't want. And from there, they have a multitude of different processes. Uh, most modern techniques are to take that and put that into a freeze dryer to get rid of all of the water. Um, before, you know, freeze dryers were into effect, you would just essentially uh, take this and, and dry it, you know, in a, in a dry room. And you would, you would take a, a, a kind of a, a cheese grater and you would grade your hash to try to get it into the finest amount so it would dry evenly. Uh, but the freeze dryer now takes care of all of that. In about 30 hours, you have perfectly dried, amazing hash product. And you can take that product and, and keep it separated. You can mix it back together, creating a full spectrum uh, of product. And you can press that into rosin. You can dab it. You can turn that into topicals at that point. Um, there's there's so many different, different avenues. But the reason why it's my preference to consume and it's also the, it's the most healthy way to consume is you're not using any chemicals whatsoever. And though there are processes in, uh, to remove all of those chemicals, um, it, the end result is different. And I think you're preserving, um, exactly what this plant is in, in a concentrated form by doing it with a solventless manner. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think you can go and take a, a product with hydrocarbon and I, you can make an amazing product. So I don't want to say that, you know, all of the, the live resin companies out there, they're, they're bad, you know, cause they are doing some amazing work and making some amazing products. But I think that everybody's different. And I think that sometimes different chemicals and different procedures can affect people differently. And I've just found solventless uh, method is really the method that my body prefers. And, and, and so I, I stick to that typically. So, Greg, solventless um, is it is can you also distill into a vape cartridge, or does that whatever's in the the oil have to go through a chemical process? No, so they do have solventless carts right now, um, and there's they're some of the highest terpene and best tasting carts in my opinion. Is that Cresco? I think Cresco's doing some some carts that are solventless um, here in California. There's a couple of other brands, Blue River. Blue River is a multi-state operator. They're in in California, but they're also in in Florida. They're doing some big things in there in in Boston area now as well. Um, And they have some amazing solventless carts. Um, And and so to answer your question, no, those carts don't have any kind of chemical intervention whatsoever. They're uh, utilizing a a, a same kind of technique of just heating up that product. It gets to the right uh, texture and then they're filling it into the cart and they're using the a certain cart that heats it up in a, in a certain manner that allows for it to, to vaporize. Um, but yeah, it, I think that's the wave of the future in terms of 
at least health conscious and and the ability to create and preserve certain terpene, uh, uh, excuse me, terpene profiles. Got it. Thank you. So celebrities are creating their own cannabis brands now, and I know that you're familiar with this. Um, is that profitable? And do you think that brands will have longevity in the market? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I think that it done the right way and, and put together it, it with, with the right goals. I think there's a lot of success to be had with, with celebrities and athletes and musicians within the marketplace. Um, just simply by being able to, to garner attention and, and really, you know, gain that ability there. But I think to answer your longevity question, it, if you are just a celebrity attaching your name to any product and there's no passion behind it and there's no um, intervention behind it, I think there's no longevity for that product in the marketplace. Um, I think people know uh, uh, the truth these days. Right? You can't hide it. And, and if you're out there on Twitter bashing cannabis and then the next day you're slapping your name on a cannabis brand, it's not going to go well with this community. Um, and I also think that people, they deserve value. And so at the end of the day, you're not going to buy a product just because it's, it's a celebrity. You're going to want that product to work. It needs to be quality and you need to get value for your money. And if you're getting all of those and there's a celebrity attached, I think there could be some success. So cookies and burner, I mean, he's a good example, right? He's a great example. I, they, uh, they take the time. They, they produce amazing product. Um, they have a really great brand identity. And, you know, Burner's passionate about this. He, he'll post live videos with 12 different jars on his desk. And he's like, I'm going through all these samples to try them to find out what the next strain is we're going to launch for my brand. Um, I respect that, whether you like cookies or not. I mean, he's there involved in the brand he's created from the beginning and what they've done is pretty amazing. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that I think they're going to have a lot of longevity within the market based on their current practices. I think that lots of musicians and actors will try to find their way into cannabis space, but I hope that maybe they could use some of that for education to help end the stigma around this and then also potentially take some of that money and give back to the community, which would be really cool too. But I agree. I mean, it comes down to whether or not the products are good themselves and whether or not the person that's the spokesperson for that brand really has a passion for this industry or not. I've never met uh, any group of people other than like probably musicians that are so passionate about what they do that they'll talk to anybody about it day and night, whether they want to hear about it, the cannabis space. We, I mean, Clubhouse is a perfect example of it. I mean, there are conversations going on 24 hours a day about terpenes and the endocannabinoid system. You know, you might not be able to learn it in school, but you can learn it from the community um, amongst ourselves, really trying to share this information and teach one another. So I think that, you know, it's really important for us to just continue to connect with one another and keep trying to get not only communicate within the industry, but really try to share these stories with the general public, because there is a lot of confusion still about even just what types of concentrates are different than others. So you breaking down and explaining this is really important um, because I know that it's going to become a topic that as more and more people get exposed to the industry, they want to know that they're getting the best products and in using cannabis in the healthiest ways possible. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think musicians and actors have been using cannabis for years anyway, so the fact that they're now, uh, you know, uh, participating in the industry, hopefully in a, in a mindful and respectful manner, that, that it, it makes sense. 
Also, I um, wanted to ask you about your newer project that you're partnering on with the Cannabis Passport. Um, it sounds like it's another magazine. And you're like, it's going to be printed on rolling papers. Tell us more. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's the first uh, rolling paper magazine uh, of its kind. We have eight patents. And essentially, it's a uh, uh, we're printing content within a magazine and we're giving the rolling papers away for free. Um, we uh, have a background in publishing and it's always been a passion of ours to, to continue that and, and keep going with it. And so uh, we found this uh, partner of ours and we created this product and it's really going to be amazing. It's actually the size of a passport. Um, there's going to be actual magazine content that we print on there. We'll have QR codes that will link to websites and other uh, product descriptions and AR and things of that nature. We also print on the crutches, uh, which will have coupons and other QR codes that will allow for discounts and other products. But, you know, this can be a, an event guide. This can be uh, something you can hold in your hand and it's content, but it's also rolling paper. So it's something you're going to use. And <clears throat> the same, you know, organic hemp rolling papers that other major companies out there use. So you're, you're not uh, lowering any quality. And we're really excited about this. We're going to be doing a lot of events and things of that nature. And so we're just uh, launching this summer and, and yeah, really stoked on that. Where is it starting? <clears throat> in California? So, and Yeah. Yeah, correct. I mean, we're going to start here in California and, and launch. Um, and then uh, we have a national um, uh, sales group that we're coming in that, that's going to be helping us. And then we already have a group that's in Canada that's uh, interested in the product. So we're, yeah, we're really excited about it. You know, we just uh, closed a friends and family round. And so we're just, uh, we're really full steam ahead on this. So cool. It is so, so cool. cool. I can't wait to hold one yeah. in my hand. And anything yeah. that Elizabeth and I can do to help you here on the East Coast, you know, we're here for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I'll make sure I mail some out to you guys right away. We have some samples that we, we printed you do? out. Yeah. Yes. We will yes. See. Well, we've already been distributing it at Daily High Club. So there's like 20,000 people like, that participate with Daily High Club. And, and so they've been receiving them um, quarterly. So uh, it's out there, you know, um, and um, we're, we're just really excited. You know, I mean, I've, I've been smoking cannabis for a long time and using rolling papers forever. So to have a rolling paper company is, is, is really exciting, but we're giving them away for free. <clears throat> we're not charging people for the rolling papers. So that's the other part that we're really, uh, you know, I, I try to give back to the community as much as possible. And so, you know, this isn't helping someone uh, with shelter or helping them with the, a major problem, but you know, free papers are free papers. So we're, we're excited for that. So I'm going to be in California later on um, in the month or the 1st of uh, July. And if I have one of these passports, then I can use it in a dispensary or. Right. So the sample version isn't live in terms of that. Got but it. let's that just say sense. you were here in the fall and not in the beginning of July. Okay. Theoretically, you could go into a dispensary and use coupons and discounts to be able to activate that. You'd have content in there. You'd be able to look up information about uh, the test results on a specific brand, for example, if they're advertising a product. Or so it really is interactive, and it allows for uh, the, sh the sharing of information. Um, if you were at an event and this was there, it could be an event guide to show you where the, the bands are playing at the different brand times, the different uh, sponsors that have sponsored the event, their activations, where they're located, where's the food, where's the restrooms, all those kinds of things. But then you can click and then go to their website and go to the band's website and download and purchase and all those kinds of things. So really trying to create um, something that's tangible, you can hold in your hand that you read that's you know maybe considered old school, but then also something that's digital that, that complements all of that and, and really uh, adds into it rather than 
requiring for you to go online or requiring you to do something, you kind of get the best of both worlds. And what better way to, to be green than to be able to recycle and reuse the papers, right? I mean, now they're, they're rolling papers on top of that. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. And, and actually, the name of our company is Sustainable Publishing. And so that's kind of the idea is just that the, the crutches is content. So the content is actually being consumed and it's not necessarily being thrown away because you're, you're using it. And it's all, it's all like recycled paper and it's all compostable. And so all of the everything that we're doing, if it ends up in a landfill within you know like 80 days or something, it turns back into compost. So it, it, we, we don't want to add it to the problem that we've seen here in California, which is you know, we've got a lot of dispensaries and a lot of cannabis products and you, you literally can go out on the road and see trash and mm-hmm. maybe one in 20 of the pieces of trash is a pre-roll tube or a cannabis packaging. And so this is a problem as people start to consume package uh, cannabis in consumer packaged goods rather than you know, a big giant bag of weed that you bought from your neighbor. And so we need to start thinking about how that is going to affect our, our planet. So. Oh, it's such an important thing. Just thinking about how we could potentially recycle some of the cannabis jars, even in the medical program. And there's not been anything in Pennsylvania that we've come across that's been able to kind of do that or be greener. So, you know, I think that just having that mentality and being a leader in the industry is so, so important because we need you to convince those other big companies that you work with to share that same mentality. Cause this is really, I feel, feel like the future of the cannabis industry is that we have to be sustainably mindful about how we're going to package and how we're going to distribute these goods. And what better way to consume this education than to roll it in smoke it and enjoy it. You're the best, Greg. This is so fun. I'm so glad to have you here with us. And we want to make sure that all our listeners know how to keep in touch with you about this project and all the other projects that you have. Yeah. So we're on Instagram, Canada Management Group. Um, We're also CanadaManagementGroup.com. But we are at a lot of different events. We'll be at MJ BizCon this year. We're at Hall of Flowers, both Northern California, Southern California. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of different projects all across the country and even some international ones. We're working with Israel right now. So we've just got a lot of things going on. So um, yeah, feel free to reach out. And if you're looking for a job in Southern California, we can help you. So fantastic. And we'll make sure we link to everything on our blog. So if you're listening to this podcast, be sure to visit us online so that you can learn more about Canon Management Group and all the amazing products and projects that they have. And thank you for our listeners for joining us on another episode of The Vine, a plant media project podcast. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to never miss an episode. And for cannabis news and psychedelic news, visit us online at plantmediaproject.com. Oh,